Great DJs deserve great music. That's why here at Desi BPM, we're giving professional DJs access to the first ever online DJ pool exclusively for Desi Music. Register your interest now and receive your first three months free at desibpm.com. Yeah, yeah, welcome to the show, it's the number one show, interviews and music, podcast, you know, integrate the culture through the times, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, just sit back and chill, it's the roots and rhymes, all you really need is some roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes, roots and rhymes. Welcome back to season two of the Roots and Rhymes podcast, of course, I am your host, Chuns, and I'm with my man, 50 Grand. And my co-host and my brother, Mac. Back in the building, Chuns. Back in business. I still want to say back in business, man. But we're back in business, back in the building. It is season two. Exciting times. Here we are yet again. Bigger and better. It's going to be bigger and better, man. Like, successful season one, but we're we're going bigger and better this time. It's going to be unreal. We've uh, we've put a lot of time in planning for season two. Hopefully you guys have caught up with uh, what we've been up to uh, on the socials. But what we have in store for you for this season is is gonna it's gonna trump season one, I think. Without a doubt, it's we're so excited about this that we've broken our own moral codes on season two <laughs> and become social media slags. I want to say, <laughs> man, social media hosts like photo shoots, this, that, the other. But that's all to be done because we have a message that we want to push out there, and we have a really good history with season one and it is going to be bigger and better and we just really wanted to take it to the next level and this season the artists that we've got lined up like you said what we're about to do you know we'll be back live hopefully this year as well just going from strength to strength yeah I mean obviously we didn't anticipate that uh, in season two we'd still be in a lockdown Um, but hey oh we moved Um, we are looking forward to more live events later on in the year hopefully with the current situation things will move on Uh, but in the meantime we're going to have another 12 episodes and another 12 amazing guests to bring you guys and it's going to be great it's going to be even better and like you say we we are pushing the socials because we're getting ourselves out there we are catapulting off the success of the first season and and so we should Um, but also what we want to push across this season our mission for big this mission. season. Big mission. Yeah. Well, the mission for this season is we are supporting We Make Events. So We Make Events is a, a campaign and a charity which supports uh, the live events industry and the lack or the cancellation of live events is obviously putting people's livelihoods in jeopardy and it's affecting their mental health. So we're campaigning to support these people through the hardship and through the hard times and get more people talking about it. It's a great charity and it's really close to our hearts for, for numerous reasons. Um, you know, there's a lot going on. A lot of people are struggling right now. But what we've got to remember is the live event scene, there is nothing going on. And there's a huge amount of people who make their livelihoods from the concerts, from the live gigs. You know, when we go to events, we take for granted how much goes into it. So we might turn up and see our favorite artists. But what about the light sky? What about the the sound sound engineers, yeah, the, yeah. the the rigging crew, all those guys make their livelihood as from that show as well. And we're really proud to support We Make Events. For me as well, obviously, Chuns, as you know, I'm massively into the whole mental health side of things. Absolutely, so yeah. really proud to be supporting something that only not only financially helps people, but also mentally helps them as well. Definitely. 
So you can obviously contribute and help uh, reach our goal um, by looking in the description of the podcast. Uh, you can follow the link uh, to our team page uh, and you can and donate. Uh, we've obviously kickstarted it, but we, we need your guys' help. Please uh, donate. Please donate. Anything. It's one of those ones. Again, you know, it's a cliche, but no amount is too small. Uh, definitely donate. It's a great, great cause. If you want to find out more about it, just just you know, log on, check out We Make Events, and uh, you'll find out exactly why we're proud to support that. Absolutely. And while you're at it, make sure you check us out uh, on our socials, Instagram at Roots and Rhymes, um, Twitter at Roots and Rhymes, and the Facebook page as well. And of course, if you're listening to this podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on, subscribe. Please follow and subscribe. You get notifications pushed right to you as soon as a new episode is released. And you can keep up with what we're doing. You can keep up with what we're doing. And you can check out all the new photos and videos and all the kind of stuff that we've been getting up to. We're going to be so much more active on social with this because we want to kind of show you the behind the scenes of what goes on as well. And like I say, this year will be the year that we're much more back out on the live set. And we want to share that journey with you. Yeah, but that's enough talking, Mac. We've talked about how good we look on camera and uh, what we're going to be doing with the socials. But let's talk about now our guest for today, kicking off the new season. So we have to admit that this was actually filmed uh, a little bit earlier uh, last year, yep. but it's one that we wanted to hold off yeah. for season two. It was, it was almost too strong to put out at the back end of the season. We wanted to hold it off and make sure it premiered season two because this artist, he's, he's brilliant. He's been in the game for best part of 15 years. Mm. He's... Um, he comes from uh, Punjabi royalty, yep. let's say, and he is a down-to-earth and extremely, extremely humble guy. We wanted to kick off season two with a bang. You know, there's no point coming back into the game if we're not going to come back strong. And, you know, strong is an understatement. This guy, like you say, is already legit a legend in his own right. But the most important thing, as always with anyone that you interview, is what a nice guy, what a great, mind to kind of pick and uh, entertaining on all levels so this week's guest most definitely descends from Bhangra royalty came into the industry during the height of the British Asian music era and under the mentorship of one of the pioneers of the movement he's clocked up more than one and a half million Spotify plays from his singles on his debut album alone and he's contributed his career collaborating with some of the industry's finest producers it's H Dummy. How you doing, brother? Welcome, bro. Yes, bro. What's going on, man? We same voice. <laughs> All good, man. All good. Really pleasure to have you on the show today. I know we've it's been trying to get this in the diary for like six months. weeks. <laughs> I know, man. It's, it's good, bro. Finally, man. But thanks to you guys, man. Roots and Rhymes, and everyone that's um, watching right now that supported you, bro. It's good that um, you guys have set this platform up for us artists to come up. You know. It's no, I appreciate that. Yeah. I appreciate it. it was it's a product of lockdown, really. It's kind of the thing that had in the back of my head for such a long time, but obviously you end up freeing up a little bit of time and you end up thinking about, okay, what can I do differently during this lockdown? And, and lo and behold, that's it. Roots and Rhymes was born, but it's, it's a pleasure to have people like yourself on the show, man. Yeah. I mean, oh, thank like, you, bro. Serious, thank you bro. Like, you know, I think when we started this out, H, we were like, you know, if we could, if we could dr- dreaming about, if we could get these names on, if we could get this guy on this guy, on, and you were definitely on that list. 100%. And we're Absolutely. like, would be it. sick if thank we could you. get H and here we are. So, you know, it's a real That's pleasure good, to man. have you here, bro. Good, bro. So how's Thank things you, with bro. you anyway? I mean, obviously, lockdown, it's not great for mm. artists and, and that kind of thing, but you've been keeping yourself busy. So how, how's things been in general? 
I'm happy. <laughs> I have been Ross Hilton. Um, yeah, it's you know what? It's been it's been crazy, man. Because you know what? The thing is that an artist lifestyle, a singer's lifestyle, like I'm so used to being on the road. You know, for the last mm. twelve years, um, uh, the amount of support that I've got off one album and the features that I've done, um, it's been. You know, I mean, it's been taking me around the world, and <clears throat> I'm used to literally. Uh, gigging at least four to five times a week for the last 12 years. Yeah. And you know what I mean? So um, all of a sudden when that all just cuts off, you're like, yo, what's going on? I don't know what to um, do. <laughs> that, yeah, honestly, uh, do you know what? Mentally, it hits you big time, mm, you know? Yeah. But I'm very blessed to have, you know what I mean, an amazing family to support you. But um, the first couple of weeks, bro, I'll tell you honestly, it was a bit of a test because I'm a kind of person that constantly still, I have to mm. be doing something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, uh, <clears throat> it's been great to be at home with the kids and family. But the thing is that I just wanted to be on the road, man, because mm. my drug is my music. My yeah, drug yeah, is yeah, being yeah, on stage. You know? yeah. My drug is interacting with these fans. Yeah. And um, when you ain't got that, it plays with your mind, you know? So I had to find different hobbies like DIY, bro. The amount of <laughs> DIY I've done in this lockdown, <laughs> I swear to God, I ain't, I ain't done in my life. So it's been, um, it's been quite testing, but it's been, you know I mean? Always take a positive out of it, man. Yeah, you have to. No, definitely, you have to, man. You got to keep yourself busy. You got to keep yourself active. But like you said, it's, it is a real shock to the system. The amount of people that we've spoken to, and they say, "Hang on a sec, man. Like, I didn't know what to do with myself, or I had to find different ways and be more creative and stuff." But for yourself as well, I mean, you released a song during lockdown as well. Uh, the the second part of "Tu Mera Mertedi." which yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, from the 2017 single, which was a great hit as well. And obviously that was at the beginning of lockdown as well. So I think that was like, what, April, maybe even March. Yeah. And and that was a success. So that must have kept you busy as well uh, at the time, kind of pushing the release. It did, man. It's just, do you know what? Even like, even like to the extent of, um, I've always wanted to set up a home studio, which mm. I never got a chance because I was so yeah. busy. So mm. um, I actually like, I had the equipment, as in like my, say, my mic, everything. I had everything. Um, I had the software, but I just never used it, you know, because I always thought, okay, cool, let me put it to the side. I'll do that again when I can. Yeah. And it yeah. never happened. So that was a perfect chance to sort of crack on. And obviously, I did. I ain't got a studio built or nothing. So what I've done, I just got in the bedroom, just, you know what I mean, attach the mic, just that, this and that. Proper, yeah, yeah, yeah. proper this job, <laughs> yeah, just yeah. to make do. And what do you I done, think this, you know is, this is all a this <laughs> job as well at home, man? No, no, <laughs> but still, like, and the thing is that for me, it was quite, it was inspiring for myself because I thought, you know what, I'm getting vocals done. Mm, you know, yeah, I yeah. I've had about say four or five guides done. And in terms of releasing music, um, the first single that I released in lockdown was Gidasa, mm. which I produced by Dr. Zeus and written by Bilal Saeed. That song's actually been sitting there for about a good five, six years. Um, wow. And I'm not going to lie. But I just haven't had the chance to release it mm. because my wow. actual vision was I wanted to do a big budget video for it. Yeah, yeah. And I wasn't at a stage where I could do that. Mm. And then I was thinking, is that song dated? But then I didn't want to come back with that sort of song. It was weird. My mind was yeah, just playing yeah, yeah, games. Yeah. And I was like, do you know what, when should I release it? And then I thought, do you know what, perfect thing. Then I met someone that does, like, obviously lyrical sketches and stuff, and she said, mm. do you know what, I would love to do this. I'm like, do you know what, perfect. Yeah. There you go. She's a you know, young girl that's hungry. And yeah. I'm like, do you know what, let's give someone a chance. And to be honest, she might do justice to the project, and let's just drop it. Yeah. So I've done that, dropped that, and then Tu Mera how that came about, um, it was actually, Rishi sent me, Rishi sent me about, say, two years ago, I was on the road, I was traveling somewhere. Mm. And I was on the flight and he sent me just a like literally the first first voice note and i mm. loved it bro and i remember till today that whole journey i was literally pressing it was on repeat you know really mm. so that was just did he note. send you the second part then two years ago or okay yeah. so you'd yeah, already released the, the first part in 2017 
So a year after that, then he, he sent you. Yeah, so when he moved to India, chat, right, obviously yeah. he got the Bollywood feelings and that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he done a little Bollywood vibe, and then I said, "Rich, I love this." And then when I down, I heard this voice note again, and I'm like, "Hang on a minute, I need to hit Rishi up." I said, "Rishi, you know what? Now's the perfect time. Let's yeah. finish this. Let's get it out." And yeah. he was at the stage where he's thinking, "Rishi, you know what? Great idea. Let's do it." So I mean, I mean, he finished it off, sent it to me. I said, "Rishi, let's just put it out." I said, we, you know, the thing is that we don't need a video to this because we've no. done what we mm. do. Yeah, and yeah. if someone picks it up, someone picks it up. But it's just one of those songs that you just play and listen to. You know? No, it is such a nice song. You know what? I, when I was listening to it as well, I thought, it's actually such a shame because it would be the perfect first dance. And the fact that yeah, there's yeah, no yeah. real wedding industry kind of thing. It's such a nice love song and it's it's a yeah, good yeah. pace. Really, really. Melodic. And like you said, it's got all the Bollywood feels in there yeah. from, from Rishi. So it's, it's an absolutely great tune. And hopefully... Um, when weddings pick up again, people uh, latch back onto I'm it. Sure but it is such a good tune. We might get someone that picks it up or something, then all good, man. But what it's going to do, it's going to do, you know. But I just felt that, you know what, let's just get it out. And I, the, the thing is, I've held on to so much music. Mm. I'm like, you know, I need to start dropping stuff. You know, I need to start yeah, getting yeah, stuff. Yeah. Just bite the bullet, get it done. Yeah, man. I think this kind of thing has, has taught people, you know, a lot of the musicians that we're talking to is like, you can try and wait for this perfect moment sometimes, but other times you've just got to just drop what you've got when you've got it because you don't know what's going to be around the corner. 100%. You can almost, yeah, yeah. You can almost catch yourself second guessing, can't you? And then uh, missed opportunities and that kind of thing. But yeah, absolutely great tune. And um, and obviously that's under hits. I mean, music as well that you, you, yeah, you did that under. Is that is that the first release under hits? I mean, music exclusively? Um, no, I done. Um, what did I do? Zindagi was with VIP with Vips, yeah. Um, and then I remember, but I think Falling was under my one, Falling okay. was under Haste Number Music, right? And then okay, yeah, yeah. Obviously, um, Gida Sun was under Haste Number Music, yeah, this yeah, is yeah. under Haste Number Music as well. And the thing is that you know, what? I wanted to like, I'm, I'm, I'm down for working with labels, and I'm still working with labels as well, yeah, but I wanted that freedom, you know, I wanted yeah, that yeah. passion that, projects, yeah, yeah, I wanted that sort of, you know, what I mean, I wanted that foundation for myself. Um, which as much as I can under my label and if there's any collaborations then fair enough but um, yeah man I think you need your own sort of independent stuff as well as well as working with everyone else absolutely I think you're absolutely right <laughs> let's take it back know your roots growing up in in West London in the 80s uh, and being the son of the lead singer of Hira is it right to assume that your early musical consumption and influences was in fact Punjabi yeah, man, 100%, bro. You know, he threw and threw out my roots up in Jabi. And I'm very blessed to sort of, you know, I mean, I'm, born, I'm born and brought up in the UK. But uh, my mum and dad been taking me to India since the age of three, you know? Oh, yeah. So I've yeah, been yeah. the likes of, you know what I mean? Like Kitty and Baldana. I've done the lot, you know, and I'm glad mm. I've done it, you know? Because I look back at it now and I really wish I could take my kids to show them that, but there's nothing left there like that. Yeah. So, um, yeah, man, and music, musically, since I was born, bro, it's been in my house. And but I think you know when you're a kid you don't realise it because you're so like into your own stuff. Like I was into yeah. my football, going out playing the garages. You know I mean play a bit of kiss chase and yeah, yeah, you know yeah. I mean? <laughs> <laughs> just crack on with it. But um, other than that, it was um, yeah my music. You know Punjabi's been in the, you know I mean from day one. Bro. Um, despite that, that, did you ever feel drawn drawn to other genres? Obviously, like like we say, we've said it multiple times. It always starts yeah. at home. And obviously that Punjabi vibe was always at home. Like you said, you went to India and all that kind of stuff. But obviously, like you said, you're going out, you're playing football with your mates, you're playing kiss chase, all that kind of stuff. And did any of the outside influences in music come in to that at all? Like, were you, did you end up picking up some R&B influences here and there? Was that 
Was that a part of it or did that come a little bit later on as you grew up and, no. and started going to school and, and that kind of thing? 100% bro. Um, it, 100% bro. It's like since like since a kid, like like my mates, I had mixed mates bro. I had Punjabi friends, I had Pakistani friends, I had black friends, I had white mm, friends, yeah. you know? Yeah. And then um, like they used to listen to everything. So like even my, like the earliest influence I remember was stuff like Criss Cross, MC yeah, Hammer, yeah. Vanilla Ice. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. They, that was the core bro, you know? Yeah, and yeah. even like, I remember when crisscrossed they were their dungarees in that back front, back yeah, put them back backwards. Front. I put my back <laughs> back to front. I go one, two, three, and then back. You know what I mean? But um, it was it was one of those things where um, yeah, man, those are the influences. And obviously MJ, man, and I still remember um, my yeah. earliest moment going to a concert was my dad took me to MJ's concert. Right? Oh no way! Wembley was sold out. Yeah, yeah, sold out. That was history, and, wasn't it? Was it history around that time? Um, it was. Yeah, it was history. History tour. Yeah. Man. And then, um, and the thing is that tickets were sold mm. out. And obviously yeah. people were saying, I didn't know what was black tickets those days, but mm. people outside, you know what I mean? All these like, oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. Saying, yeah, man, there you go. You got tickets. And my dad's like, listen, we're not, we're not going to get in. And all I remember I was on my dad's shoulders and there was that, the, obviously the massive gaze, mm. but there's like that much room that you could see through. And I watched half of the concert just doing that, you know, just no through way. that. And it did not. It's just, um, just, just seeing that man, and just obviously watching stuff um, on TV. I mean, my dad made me watch stuff like that. So I mean, and then obviously the um, Craig Davis mm. came. I mean, when I was yeah, in school, yeah. obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, you get a bit with the yeah, sort of yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, did, you, like, did, you, you know, did you have the BDH? Yeah, did you have the BDH as well? Goatee. Yeah, yeah. Daddy must see all I was like, I was gonna get a shave. I want to shave, just so I can have that. But yeah, man, do you know what? It was um, there was all sorts of influences. You know what I mean? And my dad always took me to um, events with them. So like, I still remember me in Rishwas for the early concert in wow. Canbase, Balfour. For me, I I really wish I knew what he was about. Mm. You know, I mean, at that age, but I was very yeah. small. I was about six, yeah, I think, yeah, yeah. something like that. I was about five, six, and I sat with him, took a picture with him, everything. And I think only if I knew music that deep then and what he was you know absolutely um so yeah met, met so many people but my dad's always kept me around that you know when when there's people on tour here i remember when there was a Vasaki Mela 97 mm. and it was Kuli Marek, Sabji Jima, Manuel Baris, um Safri Uncle massive lineup so many people bro and like dancers from Canada and Arnold Man and you know, all the, these that legs. was the era of Mele when they were massive when they exactly. were ma- huge, man, like they, they had artists they had, coming from everywhere. They had the Seventh City tour, like up and down London. They had their coach, they had their coach and stuff. And I was very tight with Yudhvi then, right? Okay. So, mm. so I went on the whole tour with them as a kid. For sake. It was wicked. <laughs> it's like me and Yudhvi <laughs> was just like jokes. And yeah. but I didn't understand none of it. You know what I mean? They must really think, yeah, I go on the other day again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was just good, man, just being a roadie. Mm. You know what I mean? It was, it was a vibe. So I think the, I picked up so many things from different, you know what I mean? different places but i'm just very lucky that i had the opportunity man it's, you know what a, a lot of it probably at such a young age is so subconscious as well like obviously just being around it you're soaking yeah. all this up and then obviously you you don't like you say with nusra for the early khan you didn't know how big this guy was probably till later on in life and probably didn't appreciate him until later on as that's well the thing, you don't, that's the thing man it's like even even like going back to my dad you know um like obviously i knew dad was um, a singer mm. this and that but i never knew what kind of attention they got because we weren't mm. allowed as kids we weren't allowed to events you know yeah. the, only yeah, yeah. Place, the only place we'll go is weddings and yeah. I see them singing but then it's like yeah dad's on stage great 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 but it wasn't yeah, like yeah. Thingy. the only thing when it kicked when it, it sort of kicked me in the face and it hit me was when they were on Blue Peter mm. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. And I went to school and everyone's like, we saw your dad a Blue Peter. Where's the Blue Peter badge? Where's the Blue Peter badge? Like, Everybody wants a Blue like, Peter badge, man. I still Peter want one. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, and, I mean, and then obviously um, that parents that come up to me and stuff because that era was just, it's a golden mm. era, man. I mean, these guys are pioneers of our music. I think if it were for their music, I don't think none of our industry would be where it is today. No, they, they were definitely the, the early pioneers that had uh, yeah. adopted the, the it found, and, the foundation and it stones into... that everything else had been built yeah. on that. And I think it's, it's nice yeah, when people it's, pay homage to that. It's, it's mad, bro. It's such a mad journey. And it's just, uh, it's incredible, bro. It's, you know what I mean? You can just try, you can talk about this yeah. all night. Yeah, yeah we've, we've, we've done it. Yeah. We've done it. We've done it. I'm down, bro. Then go get a coffee and let's do it, man. So so very much in your, your early years, like you said, obviously, you, you grew up around it. Your dad always exposed you to it. And... Yeah. From an early age, uh, from the tender year, uh, young age of like six, you were going into the studio and you accompanied him on a North America tour. And then you got glimpses of the artist life. And obviously, like you say, weddings where he's performing and stuff. So instead of, but instead of taking to the microphone and, and following in your dad's footsteps, your early years, you, you were more into like bungara dancing and stuff though, right? Dancing, yeah, yeah, yeah. hundred percent, man. And you know what? And you know what? It's respect to you guys, man, for doing your research because <laughs> a lot of people we do interviews with, honestly, yeah, it's yeah. just like, you know what I mean? It's normal, but it's great because you guys do go down to roots with what yeah. it's all about. And oh, yeah, that's where, started, so bro. that's where I started. That's where I started. It's like I was when we were uh, Hero on tour in Canada mm. and it was, it was um, I think Bali Sogu was on tour as well when Wham Bam yeah. came out because oh, he gave me his right. massive overgrown t-shirt which you make a lot of money from um, that one, I'm sure yeah you make a lot yeah, of money man. on for that I one. still got it I still got it <laughs> <laughs> and yeah and we went to Toronto bro it was like a two city just Toronto Chicago right and mm. all I remember is that I took my whole like, my dad always made me outfits you know what I mean like Chandra Cortez yeah, yeah, I yeah. still remember it but, um, pink and black you know and it had a jacket with shisha on there. Remember that old classic? Yeah, 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 yeah. With the little mirrors on them and that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I had that. I had that. And then um, it was their song, Jindu Atta Bindua, from the Abu Kohinu, right? And I was like, mm. they said, okay, cool. Now, because I was used to the action, like Jindu Atta Bindua, and you know what I mean? Proper <laughs> cheese actions when you were a kid. And I went on, bro. And I saw the crowd. There's over 10,000 people there. Bro, mere patake ne bro. I started crying around back off. Yeah. <laughs> Started crying, I ran back off, you know, and I was like, "No way!" Then my dad was like, "Okay, cool. We can't just like say get back on." Obviously, my dad knows how. You know I mean, how it was. And then Deepa Kazanchi, bro, I'll never forget this day. Deepa Kazanchi put down his guitar in the middle of this set, mm. come at the back, grabbed me, gave me such confidence. He goes, "You want to be a star? He's you want people to cheer for you?" Yeah, he goes, "Go back on, wipe your tears, go back on." And dance like no one's watching. And bro, yeah. that's exactly. I didn't come off. I was like, carry on. And like, carry on. <laughs> but um, yeah, brilliant. man, that's. You know what I mean, it all started from there, bro. And then um, obviously it started when I come back. Then great Indian dancers. And it's so weird because the way my dad's career started, bro, mm. sort of mapped out the same way. My dad obviously started in India. Yeah, he's doing the Sikhasera like at the Gordore and Khandparte, like just at home. You know what I mean? It just mm. doing this thing. And then when he came the uk he joined the great indian dancers yeah yeah i joined great indian dancers a Bangla dancer mm-hmm. then my dad started singing for them and i started singing for good um, great indian dancers as well so that sort of journey was the same and then after that it was when i was at university you know when i went to sixth yeah. form actually we did a little dance competition there and that sixth form was when i actually started singing you know mm-hmm. and from there everyone just gave a bumper full of bumper that listen you need to start singing this yeah, you and that. need to crack on yeah <laughs> 
Like we used to go to rehearsals for the jokes because we used to have a crowd of at rehearsals. It was about four or five of us. Yeah. And I mean, it was myself, my boys, um, Garf, Michael, Jazz, Harry, um, Lully, and all of that. And it was just, you know what? It was, it was crazy that we just done that. For, and from there, it just went to university, any SU events. And yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was just, and then from there, it was one of the promoters that done SU events. He was mm-hmm. organizing one of the tents at Croydon Miller. Yeah. And Randy, Randy received something like that. And that's where I first performed, you know. And okay. my yeah, name yeah. on the flight was my full name, Heart in the Dami. Yeah, they yeah. weren't hate something or nothing like that. And it was just, yeah. you know, I mean, that's where I got the bug that I love performing. Man. You know what? It, just, just rewinding it a little bit there, right? What I find amazing is how many people from that geographical location around West London and that were yeah. involved in the great yeah. Indian dancers. Because we... On the uh, on another previous show, which hasn't been aired yet, but it probably will do by the time we 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 air this one. We're speaking to Bidu, right? Yeah, yeah. And Bidu was actually so involved with the Great Indian Dancers as well. But he was standing, yeah, yeah. And it it was they were so influential at the time, and they they actually bred a lot of great singers, great dancers, great musicians, artists, all stemmed out of the Great Indian Dancers as well, or were involved. With the great Indian dancers, I think that's a, that's really important to understand that that obviously this this subculture that we talk about and this British Asian um, culture and the Punjabi music of yeah. uh, of our time, it's you can actually pick out geographically certain things that have sparked it, and obviously I think great Indian dancers are a, are a big part of that as well, and they they probably don't get the credit they they deserve widely because people don't really know much about them now. Because yeah, they, they're, they're not around. The great dancers, I think the great dancers, I think they brought a lot. Bottom line, they brought a lot of confidence out into people. You know, yeah, yeah. Because they, yeah. they threw them in the deep end and say, no, you have to do this. You know, you have to sort of man up and do what you need to do. You know, what I mean, so hats off to all the people that were around me at that stage. Um, mm. You know, what I mean, and not forgetting, bro. After that, um, I forgot to mention Doll Foundation. Oh yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Massive. Johnny and you because well, I started playing the Doll before even that as well. That's right. Dancing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Doll on the road. And then after that, obviously, me and Johnny kept in touch, this and that. And then it was, they were doing a lot of international, like world music events. Mm. And then Johnny said, hey, you know what? We've got an A-City tour in Belgium, this and that, blah, blah. would love you to come, this and that. Can you do it? I'll mm. give you the songs. You just need to learn them and do your thing and just come and sing. Mm. I said, wow. That for me was my first step into performing. Not only that, but performing with a full live band. Yeah, absolutely. And we've done eight cities and that brought a lot of confidence into me as well, you know? So I have to thank them as well, man. Johnny Kelsey and the whole Door Foundation. You know, I mean, all these people have played such a big part. Yeah, you know I mean, um The Door Foundation I mean? were massive. They were massive. And like you said, they 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 broke a lot of barriers and borders because they did the this instrument, this percussion, which was synonymous just to India and, and Punjab, they actually made it almost cross genre. They, yeah, they were yeah, they were just, everywhere. They yeah, they I'm, were on the BBC constantly. They were involved in a lot of fusion kind of gigs, and I think Johnny's image as well kind of helped that as well. And the logo that they had was like the dragon with the with I still the, the that. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I need to get my I need to get my hands on that. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a lot of retro merchandise <laughs> coming out here. A lot of retro merchandise. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> it's that eBay shop. I oh, know, <laughs> but but like you said, H. I mean, obviously we we went through really quickly there. But I I want to just pick up that obviously when you was at college and then when you went to university, um, the Punjabi music industry was very well 
uh, established. And obviously you came from that kind of background, but did it almost feel, did you almost feel a need to rebel at any point as well and think, hang on a sec, I want to kind of go down the R&B hip hop route kind of thing. So when you were singing, did you ever think of going down a different path or was it always about the Punjabi music? Was that always at the front of your mind? I didn't, I actually didn't, bro. I loved English music, you know? Mm. Um, I actually didn't. I loved, you know what I mean? I loved English music and I still remember even like songs. It's just coming to me as I'm talking, so I'm just going to keep going. Absolutely. Um, you know what I mean? Even when, when Gabrielle dropped her song, you know what I mean? Or Now Something, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. wrote down all the lyrics as if I'm going to sing it and I just practiced the song and I was like, well, but I didn't actually have that thing where I'm going to sing English, you know? I love mm. English songs. I sing along. I still remember going to Western Western International Market in Hayes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. South one getting sweet like chocolate, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And, and garage phase, yeah, the garage. Yeah, yeah, and then I remember 100% garage, you know, all these because that yeah. trend was in, you know, garage Absolutely. nation and all that. And it was massive. Yeah, and it was crazy, man. But I didn't actually, I still love my Punjabi music. I'll still go south or to ABC music or Metro music mm. and get my, you know what I mean, Jazzy B's albums coming out, London Okdola or Pindajata that time, and, <laughs> you know what I mean, the Safri's um, Bonda Dumbi that was coming out all these and but that was the era of going to places and looking for music you know absolutely yeah. that was it that was when you that you were trailing through shops and markets and stuff and and seeing these album covers and that kind of exactly. you don't get that now it's not the same going through spotify and getting an email going to buy it now until you see something on your yeah. phone until you see something on your phone you don't know even that it's bypassed and see you later you know what i mean you have to spend uh, you know what i mean nowadays we can see it you have to spend x amount to be in people's faces, you know, Absolutely. which um, it's, you have to go with it, but it's, again, you miss that sort of, you know what I mean? You miss that vibe, man. Yeah. It was crazy. And I'm very fortunate when Rishi, when we done the album, um, you know what I mean? I was skipping quite a bit, but when mm. we done the album, I was very fortunate to have physical sales, you know? Yeah. We no, it was, it was still that era. I was talking, when we were talking to Rishi, it was, I remember buying the vinyls for uh, for his tracks before that and the projects and stuff. And yeah. now you Mad. have to especially order a vinyl online. There's not very, there's not many shops now. You know I what know. I mean? They don't press Crazy. a lot of them and they cost about six times as much to buy them. They were three quid then. Yeah, I know. They press hardly any. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But, but you, I also want to touch on the fact that obviously, yes, you did say that you, you were learning doll and you learned Thumbi as well as a teen, I believe. Yeah, so, yeah. Did you ever feel drawn more to instruments than singing itself? I know you said that obviously you discovered in uh, school and university that you had a knack for it, but was it instrumentation that initially drew you into music that and thinking that you wanted to pursue that? Yeah. So like doll and Bangla, um yeah. dancing were yeah. the main thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And the biggest thing was like, I would say even to my son as well, that rhythm is a massive thing. You know what I mean? Rhythm yeah. just, you know I mean? If you've got the rhythm, you've got the vibe, you know? Mm. And, um, like I loved playing door, you know, I loved it. Any opportunity I had, then Bangla, just like even at cousins' weddings or any house yeah, weddings, yeah, yeah. you were there full front row, full <laughs> Tamasha on the dance floor. Yeah. And, uh, you know what I mean? And it, it did stem from that, man. It was definitely, you know I mean, stem from musical instruments. And Dumbi is just, I'm just self-taught, you know? Yeah. Because I love the sound of Dumbi and every Punjabi mm. song has to have a Dumbi in it. Absolutely. And, you know what I mean? So I just loved it and just picked it up. And, uh, you know I mean? I don't play professionally, but I can play, but mm. um, like people like B two man, that's another yeah. scale here. Yeah, right that's different. Look at that. That's the maestro. But again, man, he's yeah. he's worked hard for it, you know, and he's um, he's conquered that, bro. I think he's one of the best Dumbi players right now. You know, so it, um, it's not it's not conventional that you you tend to see because 
in in my opinion and the people that I've spoken to, you, you tend to always get two types of people. You tend to get the rhythm kind of people, and then you tend to get the kind of people that are more melody-based, and they tend yeah. to be your singers a bit more. And not many people have actually crossed over and successfully crossed over uh, yeah. them two different things. So it's, I, I think that's a credit to your work as well, obviously, and, and your dedication to it as well. But I just want to discuss that over, okay, eight or nine years after you discovered that you sing in Croydon, Melan, that kind of stuff, obviously uh, you released Sadke Jama, but before that release, what was happening in them in between yes. years? Were you mastering your craft? How were you, how were you kind of rounding them edges and, and making sure that you were, you were ready to, to hit the scene? So basically, bro, I didn't even, at that point, I didn't know that I was going to do music. You know, at that point, wow. I was studying. You know, I was at right, university. Okay. Yeah. Mum and dad always told me to go, look, we'll support you, whatever, for anything you want to do, mm-hmm. but get your graduation. Graduate, stand on your own two feet. Absolutely. And yeah, be yeah. Responsible, know your responsibilities. After that, wherever you want us to push you in. Well, because, do you know what, to be honest, I changed my mind, like flipping the weather, man, like British weather. You know what I mean? I wanted, yeah. to, do flipping, <laughs> I wanted to do flipping travel. Yeah. I wanted to do music. I had no sort of concrete what I wanted to do. Mm. And, the thing is, parent. Now I'm a parent. You sort of start thinking. You know what? I I hear what my <laughs> mum and dad were trying to say to me. You know, absolutely. Yeah, we want to direct you in the right way. Whatever you want to do, we'll yeah. just keep your focus. Mm. And so I graduated. After I graduated, basically, um, I got a good job. I was working at the airport first of all. You know, mm-hmm. um, mm. my first job was Tesco's. Yeah. And then after that, I applied at the airport. I got a job at the airport. Um, I was working at Tyrek, mm. and then done a good few years there. And then whilst I was, I was at university, I was still working at the airport, you know what I mean? Mm. Just to sort of get yeah. my way through. And then I went on to, the, uh, went on to the airport and then that's how I financed through university, you know? Mm-hmm. And then at that time I was still at university, but I was, I was doing my thing, but I wanted to complete university mm-hmm. so fast, you know, because yeah. I just wanted to do music this and that. But my dad was like, no, just carry on, carry on, carry on. And then once mm-hmm. I'd done that, um, once I graduated and everything, I got a P, you know, and then I moved on to GSK. So I worked for a good few mm. reputable firms, and yeah. that is the crunch when I'm yeah. Rishi. You know, it was at that point yeah. when um, you know, I mean, I met Rishi, and I'll tell you, man, my life just took a 360 turn, bro. And I wouldn't take that turn back because it, I think it was the best thing that Mitch, happened. I want to me, ask you, know? you, I want to ask you just and, a little bit, a little bit before that. So going yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I mean, but, you know, your dad's a legend. You going into the same field is that pressure? Did yeah. you feel like you had a big big shoes to fill out or was it kind of like you just you felt supported because you had his experience to lean on i did man i did feel very pressured bro i did feel very pressured the reason being because um for people to say um it's so easy for people to say yeah do you know what i hate your thumb son man your yeah. dad's been in the game mm. um that's heat up bro come on man he'll just get in there mm. that's it just right up. um but it's actually more yeah, weight no, on my shoulders yeah, definitely you know? mm. because these guys have these guys have done such amazing things mm. for the scene um you know, I mean, it was it's it's an easy target for them to for people to say, oh yeah, do you know yeah. what? That's done me, son. They're yeah. not going to say my name first. They say, yeah, do you know yeah, what? His yeah, yeah. It's his son, you know. Mm. And that's when I met Rishi. You know, I mean, that's one thing which I'm sure Rishi had a lot mm. of pressure on as well. You know, I mean, because firstly he was um, looking at a new artist after everything mm. he went through. Yeah, and yeah, then yeah. It's, um, you know, I mean, my dad's got a, my, you know, he's got a big name and it's big shoes to yeah. sort of fill. You know, so I'm sure he felt that. But again, man, it's just that. That whole energy at that point, the whole vibe that was there, it was just amazing, bro. It was organic. And I don't think we even, um, none of us even 
thought in such a negative way. We thought, no, nah, yeah. you know what? We're going to do this, and we know we're going to. Yeah. No? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, you know, I mean, and I, th- I thank Richard to that point where he brought that sort of patience into me, that mm-hmm. education of being that person. He, we relate really well, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. and and I think he always takes someone to bring the best out of Definitely. you as well. Mm-hmm. You know, my dad, and my mum and dad were doing what they were doing, but I think as I don't have, I had a sort of my brother, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what I looked at him as. You know? And I Absolutely, think that time yeah. was so special. Yeah. It was crucial for me. You know what I'm saying? So. And I think, I, I think yeah, he shares that absolutely. same sentiment as well from what, what we were uh, discussing with him. I think uh, I think that's definitely reciprocated. So it was it was in 2006 where it was actually Veronica that introduced you to Rishi, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. Initially, who, who obviously he he came off the back of major success with the project in 2.9, yeah. and obviously, but he wanted to go down the independent route and uh, and set up uh, his own A and R and his own label. But him yes. him being a producer with a unique style, how did it feel? To be his first major signing under his his own label. <clears throat> also, did that play a part in influencing your musical style, or did you have a, a different idea initially? Bro, that time um, I, I'll start from the beginning when I was, um, you know, I mean, I was like, like this is my university times, and mm. when the project was on the road. Um, I went to a lot of the gigs, you know. Yeah. It was any other songs, not only the project songs, but any other songs that I had listened to, either Jazzy B or Sukshinda Shinda, something that I could jam along with and dance. I used to, in front of the mirror at home, I used to perform to those songs, mm. but I used to imitate as if I'm on stage with Rishi. Yeah, you know yeah, yeah, okay. And yeah, from yeah, that yeah. day, I've always said that, you know what, act out your dreams. And that's exactly what I've done. I know it sounds cheesy, but that is exactly no, no. what I've done. And dreams Brilliant. come true, you know? And that was, from that point, it was just like when we, uh, you know what I mean? It was... It was a it was a thing where it was a dream come true. And when mm. I got introduced to him, and it was my friend Dips, Team Dips, originally Door Foundation. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's the one that gave me that spare ticket. Um right. the, the, the UK mm. Hammers were at the Hammers with Flow Palette. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's the one that gave me the spare ticket. And when I went inside, obviously knew Veronica through mutual friends. Mm. And um Veronica introduced me to Rishi. And Rishi said, Yeah, my niggas, I heard a lot about you, this and that. And I was like, Whoa, you know what I mean? Mm. I, it was hit back you know i was like what wow. the heck i never used to drink or nothing like that it was just like yeah. okay i'm over the moon kind of thing yeah i yeah, said yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, that'd be wicked but i think i was more starstruck and sort of <laughs> gassed and sort of gobsmacked that now rishi ain't said that to me what's going on yeah. has he had a few drinks or what you know what i mean <laughs> is this real and then yeah. he said yeah give me your number they took my number and um exchanged numbers and he said yeah man he said we'll chat this now i said cool is that working night? And then after that, I was like, no way. You know what I mean? I went back home, woke my dad about three, mm. four in the morning. He's like, yeah, I can say, just go to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, but it was then, man, I was trying to hit Rishi up. And then obviously we spoke and stuff. He was like, yeah, it was great meeting and snap. But then he sort of backed off a bit as well because he right. had his own stuff going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then after that, but I was really like eager, like I need to meet this guy. I need to, I need to work with him. I can't blow this chance. Mm. I need to meet him. Mm, yeah. And then it was after that um, when. Um, he invited me to the studio because 2.9 wanted to meet me. Yeah. And yeah. Um, when 2.9, they said, okay, cool, cool, cool. And then they actually, in the end, they sent me a contract through, you know, 2.9, okay. they sent me a contract through. And wow. when they sent me a contract through, um, I was like, what the heck is now? I, I still remember I was at work. I was working at BP at this point as a project right. support. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, I mean, on the project support side. And um, I hate Rishi. I said, Rishi, yeah, this night. He's like, okay. Then he said, okay, cool, go through it, whatever. But then after I didn't hear nothing from either, there was obviously, you know what I mean? And then Rishi said that, hey, you know what? I've actually decided to do my own thing. But if you want to do that, you might as well. Mm-hmm. He gave me that freedom. You know, he said, hey, if you want to okay. go there, yeah, yeah. you're most welcome. You know what I mean? But if you want, mm-hmm. I can give you my 
time. And wow. to me, money wasn't I didn't, money wasn't a thing. You know, I didn't want it no. to be that. Oh, yeah, they're offering me this much and anything like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went through that time with Rishi, and I said, Rishi, you know what? I appreciate you giving me that time. I'm here. I'm, I'm standing by you. Under no. that kind of yeah. mentorship, it's not something you really want to turn down. It's not a name you can turn down, is it? For a couple Rishi of zeros, Rich, I mean, like the opportunity you know what I mean? to yeah, work yeah. with you. Yeah, and, and, then, and the thing was that is like we just clicked. Now, mm. when we clicked, that's it, brother. And he didn't let me. I was getting so impatient. Um, I used to get frustrated. I was like, Rich, man, this had common man. I need to record what's going on because he used to love partying. Yeah, and yeah, all I used yeah. to do, I was used to be partying with him five <laughs> days a week, literally. Yeah. Brother, you know, I mean, five, six days a week, it was about seven. Yeah. And we used to be out and, you know I mean, we used to get back and it was just studio. And it, mm. that was my life for a whole year. I left work, yeah. I sacrificed everything. But he wanted to get to know me as a person that mm. whole year. You know, he wanted to sort of mold me into a person as an artist and develop me as an artist. Yeah, which yeah. I look back at it and I think, you know what? Wow. You know what I mean? It's, um, I didn't even think that deep then, but um, what an incredible mentor mm. that is, you know? Absolutely. Um, that Absolutely. That, that the, the time that he's put into you as well, and you probably wouldn't get that with many other people. I don't think you get that. Really I, I think that's a that. one-off thing, bro. That's a mm. one-off thing. And then, I mean, in, especially in today's day and age, life is so fast moving. Music yeah. is mm. so fast forward. Um, I don't think no one has that time, bro. And even though he was busy, he was a busy person. I was in the studio, bro, when he had um, other um, you know, amazing artists, like Jesse Sidhu, Rarul Haq, all these people coming in. And I was in these sessions. Mm. And I was like, wow, you know what I mean? Just sit back. You know what I mean? I think, wow, wow this is crazy. But um, yeah, it's man. It's great to be in that environment as well. You exactly. know, take, take all that in, being exposed to to them yeah, kind of artists and the way that he works and stuff. That's a, that's a massive, massive learning curve. But obviously then, Sadhguru Jawa was huge. And still to this day, it can, it can do some damage on the dance floor. Yeah. But it, that's a credit to you, obviously, as an artist and, and Rishi on his production as well. But do you feel, did you feel that you were onto a winner when, when that particular single came out? Because the following year, you, you released the album, which featured more huge tunes and collabed yeah. with Roach Killer and Mumsy Stranger. But Sadke Jamas, it stood the test of time and it's, yeah. it's still a banger now. Did you feel as if you had that when it, when it came out? Or did you feel as if, okay, this is a hit, this is going to do really well, but we'll we'll continue creating projects and that kind of thing. But obviously the success that it had, was it anticipated? Um, bro, do you know what? This, like the album is such a funny album, like where we were, the way we were getting songs done. You know I mean, first we had a slow slow song done, Hedia, which was mm. the slowest song in the album. Yeah. And that was the first song we'd done. And that's the first song that I remember, I remember doing a photo shoot and that song was playing in the back. And we're like, okay, cool, we're going down a senti vibe, but I love performing, yeah. you know what I mean? So what's going on? But yeah. um, it was just that we just had to get the groove going, you know? And Helia mm. was the first track that was actually played um, mm. on, you know what I mean, on radios. Like, that was my introduction. And yeah. then after that, I was going to gigs, and I was doing gigs where people didn't even know me, but they knew Rishi. So Rishi took me to gigs, and he was introducing me on. Well, mm. there was gigs where I had people standing up, standing in front of me, and, you know what I mean, just literally slate me on my face, you know what I mean? Because they didn't know who it was. And the thing is yeah. that people that don't know people, yeah, they're just, yeah. it's an easy target yeah. after a few drinks, whatever. So they weren't welcoming. Uh, I, that's one thing about the industry itself, though, H, is that anybody mm. knew they're not welcoming to them. You know what I mean? You don't really get yeah. like, like Bungara Music presents and you've got someone in front of you that they don't know anything about and people are welcoming. It's, it's just something that's never been in the industry, which is a shame, exactly. really. Because obviously exactly. it can dishearten a lot of people. It is a shame, man. It does. Yeah. And it does. And do you know what? One thing is that from those days, I just 
anytime is just do what you need to do. Even today, bro, we might have gigs today where we might even have five, ten yeah. people. You still have to deliver yeah. as if there's ten thousand yeah. people. You know, absolutely. And um, yeah, and you know what? When like Rich took me on the road, this and that, it was just, it was just incredible, man. You know, I mean, mm. the whole vibe of just being on the road and just sort of um, then performing songs like Dirnal Bialhoge, which was a mumsy. Um, yeah. And then when Sadhguru Jama came about, um, yeah. it was me and my dad sitting on, I still remember sitting on the dining table and I come up with the hook line, we come up with the vibe and studio, um, but the slower version of Sadhguru Jama that's on the album. Mm. So, Dan, I had a little drink, we just bounced off each other and just, he wrote the song in turn for next day, I went and vote. And it was only, it was only a day before we had um, a gig in Dubai for New Year's. I said to Rich, I said, Rich, you know what? This needs to be like, you need to add some like kick to this. This needs, there yeah. needs to be a vibe to this. And I know this, it sounds good, but I still think it needs to be a club banger. That's mm. when Rich, within 25 minutes, half an hour, bro, he added flipping oh. drums and everything. That's it. So I'm going to born. And we performed it. Yeah, we performed it first time in Dubai um, on New Year's Eve in 2008, 2009, something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it was just from there, that's it. You know? And then Sabkidama, then Mitranijan, then Hargaburu. It was just, you know what I mean? It was just these like, are, these um, are the staples, man. Like from that album, the amount of tunes that came out of that album. But like you said, that that two, three years around the time of the release and, and following the release, that was a major couple of years for you. I mean, you, you won a couple of awards as well. You got Best Newcomer at the UK Asian Music Awards in, in 2008, Best Male Act in, in 2009. So it was. It was massive, man. You must have think, right? We're making some moves now. What was the What was the general yeah. feeling then? How did you feel as if you wanted to catapult to that next level? It was amazing, bro. Do you know what? I'll tell you honestly. I was lost. I was lost into just enjoying what I was doing, bro. And yeah. to be honest, to a certain extent, I'm glad I got lost, and I'm glad I enjoyed it, yeah. and I didn't think mm. too much. You know? um, it was when I was um, when I drove out of where my mom and dad live now. Um, I drove out of the house and. All I see back then, bro, there used to be flyers, there used to be billboards yeah. and just like posts Everyone. and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Absolutely. every single lamppost, there was H Dummy stapled on both sides, going, oh, you know, I mean, my first gig, Rainforest Cat. Yeah. And, you know, what I mean, Rainforest Cat. In, in Leicester Square, Rainforest Cat. In Leicester Square. In Leicester Square. Yeah. My, my, <laughs> my launch party was Chocolate Party, which yeah. Fat Nights were doing, and Fat yeah. Nights were doing Rainforest as well. It's just like, you know, just, that's when I thought, wow. But I was just so excited and just so buzzing in what I was doing. Um, I didn't really think that I could call what we're going to And to me, I do think, uh, I do feel I wish I had that at the same time, mm. Where, but I was just so mm. happy in what I was doing. And yeah. that happiness you can't sort of yeah, take yeah. away from someone, you know? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Like, it was just great, bro. It was just such an amazing feeling just knowing. And yes, there were so many projects that we had in the pipeline that unfortunately didn't come out. Um, mm. I mean, like I'd done, we done a, for the album, we done a remix album which till today hasn't been released. Uh, movie Box wow. have it. And is also a DVD project, um, Hey Stummy, The Story So Far, which till today, wow. I don't think any Punjabi artist has done that. And that is footage no. of me when I was a kid, um, mm. when I was in school, um, interviews of the likes of Rishi, Veronica, Mumsy, yeah, yeah. how actually, um, you know what I mean, introduced that DVD. He was the actual presenter on it. And wow. well, that didn't come out yet, but it was meant to come out. But everything, you know what I mean? It was just... Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a long story behind that, but um, yeah, man, I've been. These kind of things are amazing, though. That obviously these projects that that nobody hears about that yeah. he, people may think, oh, he's he's gone it's a little bit quiet. But in actually, yeah, because I was going to say that 
to the general, to your average Joe, it might be that, okay, he hasn't done much since then, but in mm. actual fact, you've done a great deal. It it's just one of those things with musicians, though, isn't it? Sounds like we, we hear it a lot where, like, you know, you release yeah. a track and then there might be a couple of years and then you release another track and people just automatically assume like, oh, he's just doing something. He's not doing it anymore. He's not in the scene. But I think people don't appreciate how much behind the scenes work has to go on to do what you do at a high level. Yeah, 100%. Man. And not all of it sees the light of day, basically, does it? So... And the thing is that I was doing a lot of stuff and it's just mm-hmm. that I was caught up in something um, like through, I would say, business side, management side, nothing mm-hmm. to do with mm-hmm. anything like that. My, yeah. It was just external people that I was caught up that I got, I wasn't able to release, which is, you know, I mean, sad. And for yeah. five years, now for four or five years, I actually bit my tongue and I just had to, I had to maintain my career by taking control yeah, of my yeah. bookings. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And yeah, if, yeah. Like, the thing was that it was either I get trapped into that and take so much notice that I lose myself and sort of, you know what I mean? That's it. The hate army is over. Or I just carry on and maintaining what I need to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? I, and that's what I've done, bro. And the thing is that these things happen. It's not only really happened to myself. It's happened no, to a lot absolutely. of people in, oh, that, in this 100%. industry. But yeah. you can't give up, man. You know what I mean? That's no, one thing no, I'm no. glad I didn't give up, you know? And But there were so many projects. There's so many songs that I've done that haven't been released. But um, And again, bro, everything happens for a reason, you know? And you can't you can't stop that. You can force and force and force. But if it's not going to happen, it's not going to happen, you know? Absolutely. But I'm just blessed that, bro. I'm still, I'm still gigging, man. I'm still flat out. And that's that's the, the, that's the thing. I mean, you, you you've done a really good job of still staying relevant as well, even through all this and these these droughts that you say in yeah. in terms of releasing music. You still that's that's a great that is, that's a, is a good point. Moving on because from, you know whether you're whether you're releasing yeah. music or not, your you know I don't want to use the word brand, but your name has always been a strong yeah, name yeah. out there. It's like it means something whether there's music out there or not. Yeah. I think that just goes to how talented you are but how much of an impact you're making on the industry as well and i think do you know what the biggest thing is bro do you know what one thing about mm. me man just be real just be how yeah. it is and people are gonna appreciate mm. you bro any mm. events that we do um yeah. it's professional you know and we go and i put my 110 percent in and that's mm. what that's the way it should be you know and um I'm just, it's just so but it's been an amazing journey i can't knock it mm. because it teaches you so many things as well i always take a positive out yeah. of it you know what yeah mm. man what's next now you know so Exactly. It's good, man. But uh, talking good. about what's next, so from, from the two, three years that uh, obviously followed on, after that, you had major success collabing with Punjabi by Nature, the Natalie yeah, yeah. and you did uh, Choose With Prophecy, Mumsy, yeah. Rackstar. But I, the one in particular that I just want to highlight yeah. is the track that you featured on with First Man recently. Yeah, uh, Which, yeah. So that had Rackstar on there. It had Mumsy then there. But I want to specifically say it had Juggy D on there as well. So I I feel it needs to be said that you faced a lot of criticism over your career that you would that you like another Juggy or he's just another Juggy D that kind of thing. But I think this yeah. song in particular highlighted to all them haters basically that how different your styles are and that you could actually work side by side, which I, I think previously was extremely unfair, but I think you did a really good job on that tune, actually proving mm. the fact that you guys could stand side by side and you're both yeah. amazing artists in your own rights as well. I mean, what was it like working on that project with Juggy and obviously Rackstar, Mumsy and uh, and some great artists? Because it was a hit. It was a great tune. Yeah, man, it was, it was wicked, bro. You know, I mean, getting back, getting back to the start, it's um, like now when we started, when I met Rishi, we had this conversation, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And Rishi said it. They go, hey, people are going to say this. Why people are going to say this? Because Rishi is working with another young Punjabi singer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He loves dancing. He loves performing. 
mm-hmm. and he performs pop music, pop bangla music. Mm-hmm. So you know what I mean. And the thing is that it's yeah. it's, it's an easy target, you know, yes. cheap shot, really, isn't target, it? We never, yeah, we but we never sort of thingy. Um, if it if it if it makes people happy, saying that, then great, you know. But me and Jaggy are completely two different artists, man. You know what I mean, yeah. Jaggy's Jaggy's an amazing singer. He's an amazing performer, and look at him, man. He's still doing his thing off one album. He's doing his releases, and I mean, he's still doing his thing as well. But that's because he's just dedicated and he's, and he's focused on what he's doing, you know. Mm. But um, like working this track, dance was just incredible, bro. Um, like originally me. Mumsy rap star, uh, we flew out to Holland. Um, yep. We met first time there, and it was—it sounded too good to be true um, when we mm. first when we approached with this. Because Mumsy hit me up saying that H, but this artist first. Learned this now. I'm sort of new. Uh, you doing Dutch music, right? And mm. um, so he said, check it. And I said, okay, cool, man. And he said, and I said, Mumsy sounds too good to be true. He's like, H, let's just go. I said, I'm down. Let's go. And we went, and it was just for me. It was a head-turning experience, bro. It was a gain. It just put me in such a good vibe, because yeah. everyone just wanted mm-hmm. to work and just be on the same page. And then yeah. when we found out Jaggy was jumping on song as well, I was like, "Wow!" And then we're like, "How are we all going to sound on this one song?" Yeah. So yeah, everyone's yeah. just anticipating what's going on. But hats off to Haroon B, man, the producer, bro. He's just mm-hmm. like literally. He's made. It's such a well-produced song. I have to say, it's brilliant, man. Because, like you say, you you get four or five artists on a tune. It's really difficult to make it sound. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely, exactly. (laughs) Having that dynamic, but obviously, like you said, having yourself on there, having Juggy on there, Rackstar and Mumsy. It's a. It was a brilliant. Mm. brilliant It was full of energy. The video, you can see from the video, bro. The video is just epic because there's all of us. Like Nutters just having a crazy time. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's what we took away, man. That you know what, shit, this is a vibe, boys. You know, and I think everyone just loved it because we were just being stupid and just having fun. Not one Pete, not two Pete. It's the three Pete. Okay, so this is the part of the show. It's called the three Pete, where we ask you which three songs you can play on repeat over and over again, regardless time of day, genre, whatever track it is. It can be absolutely anything. So we want to we want to know what your music personality is like. So what is your first one? Okay, my first one, um, the original man, Goddard's Manji, legend, living legend, Sajjan. Legend. Sajjan. It's, it's one of my best songs. It's one of those best things that has Beautiful song. I think it has. Sajjan is Sajjan 100%, bro. I think anybody that comes from real Punjabi roots and yeah. have grown up in that environment has to appreciate this song and also could listen to this song over and over and I have to say it's 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 a it's one that's been on the three peat probably four Easily. or five and, times and, for a reason and rightly so as well there's yeah, always a reason people who it? you know the people who say it they it's more than a track to them it's not just a piece of music is it it means something to them it's done by a legend it's got a place in the history of this culture and what you do and it you know it's it like I say it just, it's more than a track isn't it that's why people revere it so much Definitely, man. Definitely, hundred percent, bro. And I'm, you know, I'm very fortunate that we have a very close relationship with um, the Man family. You know, the last man, and um, since a kid, bro, I've been, I've been blessed to sort of just mm. always be with them when they're here. You know, in the UK, yeah. and well, whenever we're in India, we're with them. Um, even now, I went to his son Gurik's um, wedding because me and Gurik, oh, we, yeah. we go back. You know, and he mm. stayed with us in London for about near enough a year when he was a kid. Mm. Um, when he was here for his cricket training and stuff so we've had that close bond for years yeah. and just sort of knowing that I still get sort of I still get like shy when mm. you sit in front of you you're speechless you know what I mean such oh. a 
such yeah, an amazing yeah. artist, but not only that, such an amazing human being. And you learn so yes. much from an incredible artist like that. And yeah, man, but this song, even when, I mean, still talking about it, man, gives me goosebumps, you know, because yeah, it's just, yeah, yeah. It's, it's incredible, bro. I think I think him as as you said the the song is absolutely beautiful and even his his, diso- his discography is is amazing but as a person as you say he's he's got a certain aura about him yeah. he's mm. he's a living legend basically and 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 still at the top of his game after so many years and I, I, there's a reason oh, Mike, why this yeah. has been repeated four or five like times say, on the, and, and on rightly the so it's probably it you know there, it's probably man. the number one roots and rhymes track isn't it it's the one that defines what we do so much i think i think as well h is you know what i really love about listening to different people pick this song is obviously musically amazingly talented guy but people talk about him with so much respect with so much uh kind of like honor for what he does and that for me really is so nice to hear because you know there's great music out there but to have a great musician and you said it yourself there, and a great person. It makes it so much more special, doesn't it? 100%. Exactly, yeah. 100%, bro. 100%. I totally yeah. agree with you. Though. Yeah. That's a solid first one then, H. What, what are we going to follow up with that? What's the second one? I'm going to pick four. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we? We've, 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 we've got four, four, five, four, five six pieces, man. No, I'm joking. Okay, do you know Let's what? do it, man. Let's <laughs> do it. Second one was, Kiseda Yarna Vichare by Nusas the Daily Khansab. Legend himself. Uh, so that does you know what? What an amazing quality. It's um, is that it's like just something that you can just close your eyes, and you, like just sit down, be on a long drive, yeah, or whatever state you're in, bro. It's just an amazing song. The melody just get is lost. Just get lost in the song, don't you? It's exactly, beautiful. Bro. Yeah. So yeah, man. That's that's hundred percent, man. And common, man. This this guy in the shots of them can't something else. <laughs> the crazy thing as well. This is this is one of the songs that were actually created and made in a studio as well but then obviously there's other ones which are just completely live like 17 18 minute versions of it but this song there's something about it i I love the live side of things as well but this one is beautiful Uh, the fact that it's so refined and obviously his voice sounds even better it what a pick what a person yeah Absolute legend, and the fact that you've you've had the opportunity of meeting him as well is is such a such Never. a blessing in itself. Hundred percent. So does the, does the song have any kind of specific sentiment? Because you could have picked anyone, yeah, anyone yeah. really from Nusra for the Khan. Does this particular one have a, a special place in I think history? the book line says it all, man. You know, yeah. Um, because I think that. Um, anything like Yard to me is everything, bro. It's like mm. Yardi is Yardi. my parents, Yardi is my marriage, Yardi is my kids, Yardi is my yeah. friends. And that's one thing, man. That's one thing everyone needs. You know what I mean, everyone needs love. And what the world Absolutely. that we're living in now and what's going on, this whole pandemic, this and that, more than anything, bro, we need love, you know. That's the only thing that's gonna get through, you know what I mean? And that's that's one thing I say, man, at the time that people are losing people all over the world. The one thing, man, is that you are not rich, you know? Yeah, and, 100%. Um, that makes, that's that's a that great makes message, that pick even that's such a than lovely message. Just a piece of music, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bro, you're on fire right now, man. You're on fire. <laughs> that's it, man. Yeah. You don't need four. We'll just stay on two. Yeah. Just keep it there. Yeah. No, I've, got, I've got about another five, six pitting in there. Yeah. Quick ones. And like then I'll do DJ, the final. Gonna scratch in between these little tunes and play it. Right, okay, let's move on from that one then. Come on, you you got big boots to fill on that one then. So, uh, okay, what's yeah, the next okay, one? cool. Do you know what? From there, yeah, just make a little, like, just a little, like, point, journey, two point, little two point one, one then. Yeah. 
So the oh, last right, one yeah. we've got that track on here. But you know what? My favorite tracks that I've grown up around, yeah. stuff like London Optola, which our first dance to the stage at school. That was the first dance for a legendary Jazzy B. Dory Johnny, my dad lot. Yeah. You know? That's uh, such a happy tune, man. Yeah, That's man. Which is the first song that I sang on stage. And then there's so many that I can go on and on and on, you know? Yeah. Um, and not forget yeah, yeah, yeah. and then but now my current song that I'm listening to right now which is Bad Bros Club that's my current you know what you know what this that guy never ceases to amaze me when yeah, he I was going to say Peed first I was going to say Peed but then yeah. I said the other decision I sort mm. of covered because that's very similar but for yeah. Clash is the one that gives the bump yeah. the morning gym <laughs> it is man that's it it is that morning gym bump and you know what it, it seems to be the way that the, the the industry and the sound is going now as well obviously influenced by a lot of the, the Canadian producers and artists and stuff yeah yeah this this, this that bumper kind of tune but Diljit always smashes it man he yeah, always 100%. smashes it and he comes back absolutely hard but I think what's what's good about that 3P though H is the fact that you've got different mm. sentiments in each one they're not yep. all on the same level they, they're very taken from various places like obviously the legend the classic Sajjanavi Sajjanavi but then obviously the meaning behind Kiseda Yarnavi today and yeah. obviously Clash massive tune current hit What's, it's probably on in your car at the moment 100%. On, on repeat that's it man I, th- I think that's great <laughs> yeah you know what? You know what? I'm, what I'm, you know I've got to say about this three patrons is um, I'm not going to say it's the best one ever because I say that every week. It's almost like every artist, but I will say this. I will say this. This is the strongest pick in terms of the artists who are singing these songs. I mean, H H has just given us legend after legend after legend. People who are going to go down in history as three of the yeah. greatest. You've given us three of the greatest artists. Three of the you know their, their songs, but I think. What you're seeing with this three P is heavyweight artists all the way through. You cannot, you know, who you're gonna who you're gonna replace those Big three time. with? You can't. You can't do it. That's the one of the strongest three we've had. I think you're absolutely right, Mike. Even though we had a two point one, two point two, two point three. Even then, even then, it's like <laughs> yeah. We had to make even, even when bro. even when you did that though, H, it was like I'm gonna give you three legends, and then in between I'm gonna give you some extra legends like Jazzy B and this and this. It's like I'm just gonna throw in a few more legends <laughs> yeah. for you. Yeah. The little side legends, little side legends. There. This is the part of the show where we ask: Are you roots or rhymes? So H becomes the final part of the show, final question of the show. We ask every single one of our guests throughout your whole journey, what you've been doing, what you are doing, what you plan on doing. Final question is, are you Roots or Rhymes? I'm 100% Roots, yeah. bro. Yeah. Straight. Then, I wouldn't expect anything less, man. <laughs> but Rhymes is all good, man. 100%, bro. Rhymes is, you have to... You have to do things, man. Your mm. life has to rhyme. Everything has to rhyme, you know? Yeah. But without the roots, nice. you're not going to rhyme. Nice so, way of putting it, man. That's a really nice sick, way of putting man. it. I think that's a, that is a nice way of putting it. And you know what? It's, I think you can see through your journey as well and, and through your career that, that the roots have always been underpinning. They've always been underneath there, man. Rhymes is, as you say, it comes in and out. It, it forms a, a good basis of things, but... I think the roots has always been there, man, and uh, and you you always take it back to that as well. And I think just from speaking to you today yeah. as well, you can definitely see that. No, it's really nice. Well. We I think we had a similar conversation with with 
we do as well. If, like, it's going to be a few weeks when people listen to this, but you know that solid um, respect and honor for where you've come from, the people before you, that that flows through you, H. And mm. there's nothing nicer to see someone doing their thing in today's age, but never forgetting where they come from, which is roots, and always playing homage to that. And I think I think that's a beautiful thing, man. Yeah. 100% man, do you know what, even like you mentioned B2, I forgot to mention, uh, my first sort of demo track I done, I recorded at B2 studio when I was a kid, yeah, Soundpipe, and it was um, uh, he made me instrumental, and I took that instrumental, bro, nationally, yeah, every single wedding I done in Brilliant. my family, <laughs> that instrumental was me, so that's up to B2 as well, man, for that instrumental day one. <laughs> oh, big up, man, big up. But you know what, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show today, H. Um, Ooh, we it's been a pleasure learning new things about your journey, stories and anecdotes that uh, a lot of people probably don't know about, but also at the same time, mm. just walking through your career and what you've been doing and how yeah. you've managed to stay so relevant as well. It's, it's been an absolute pleasure, bro. Thank you, brother. Oh, Thank you very pleasure. much for having me. The UK is on red alert. As part of our commitment to the British Asian events industry, we're campaigning with We Make Events to help raise vital funds for those who can no longer work as a result of live events being cancelled due to the COVID-19 pandemic. You can help by donating using the link in the description of this podcast because together we can help make events again.